because, you know, we love them, but because Jesus really loves them, and we love Jesus. And because we love Jesus, we love kids. Um, and, uh, yeah, so we're doing a, a baby blessing uh, this morning. Before I have them come up, um, Mark, uh, one of the earliest followers of Jesus, wrote a story about uh, Jesus and children. And uh, there was a bunch of parents, presumably parents, bringing their kids to Jesus. And his disciples, his followers, said, oh, get them out. These are too many kids. Go away. Some of you have a visceral reaction, too, when you see kids. You're like, oh, no kids. So his disciples kind of, you know, they had this, this sort of reaction. And uh, Jesus said, no, 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 no. In fact, it says he had a visceral reaction to their behavior. He was indignant. He was gravely offended. And he said, this is in Mark, he said, he said this, this, this interesting thing, and then he said a very astonishing thing. He said, for such belongs the kingdom of God. Kids belong in the kingdom of God. If you don't know what the kingdom of God is, it's the rule and reign of Jesus. It's his work being done in our lives to make us whole, to help us experience the good life. And then he said this. He said, truly I say to you, whoever does not receive the kingdom of God like a child shall not enter it. Jesus, what does that mean? You want me to be like, you want me to cry a lot? Some people have like postulated this means that we need to be more pure and innocent before we can enter the kingdom of God. Uh, I don't know about you. Have you hung out with kids, like, at all? <laughs> like, I was around some kids just, this, just earlier this week, and I can tell you, like, they didn't seem all that innocent. They were, like, saying things like, mine, no, like, this sort of stuff. Like, kids are not, like, they're not, like, innocent. I mean, they're cute, but they're not innocent, right? So what quality does a child have that, that we need to enter the kingdom of God. And I think there's one, one big thing. And that is children are wholly 100% dependent on their parents. 100%. And the posture we ought to take with the Lord Jesus when we make him the boss of our life, when we desire to enter his kingdom, when we come to faith, is to be totally 100% dependent on him. And that's a lifelong journey. Some of, it call, some of us call it sanctification. I call it just, you know, trying to follow Jesus, just journeying with him. And when we come to him, we give up our rights. We give it all up. And we say, Lord, have your way in my life. And that's true with our kids, too. When we have kids, we say, Lord, have your way. So this morning, we're going to do that. I'm going to invite the, uh, the McNeil clan up. Right. We're going to pray for a uh, little harmony, yeah. Come on up here, guys. The pictures are better in the lights, I'm told. So, yeah, just, you know, yep. Yeah, there you go. Okay, I'm going to swap this with you. Okay, can we do that? I don't know. I'm not very practiced. I have a kid on the way. Oh, she's such a cutie. Hi, little peanut. Hi, Harmony. All right, so we're going to, we're just going to pray. If you guys could just extend your hands. Oh, yeah, you preach it, sister. It's going to be good. Lord, I just, uh, I lift up the McNeils and a little harmony to you, Lord, and I pray, God, that uh, 
you would teach them and continue to teach them your ways, Lord. That she may follow you all of her days. That she would know you. I pray that her life would be marked by the fruits of the Spirit. We just pray love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, and your goodness over her, Lord. We ask all these things in the mighty name of Jesus. Amen. Amen. All right. Guys are awesome. All right. All right. I'm going to invite Casey up. And I'll give you one guess, just one guess, what he might be talking about this morning. Money. Money. That's a good guess, but you're wrong. Nope. I'll, I'll, leave, it, I'll leave it to him. <laughs> I'll take that, actually. Can you hear me? Are we there? Well, I want to thank Jacob for preaching my sermon for me before. Uh, he seriously, that's exactly what I'm sharing today. So. Yeah. So I know something about Jacob, but we were in Cambodia and we said, we're going to give our testimonies. And Jacob got up to give his, and 45 minutes later, when he had preached a full sermon, uh, we said, that's not, that's not a testimony, Jacob. And he's like, what? That's a testimony. Anyway, uh, we're, we're all on the same page with this. We love kids at Oasis. We love teenagers. We even love old people. Kind of. <laughs> Uh, we celebrate families, we celebrate the church as a body, and so that's fun. So let's take a couple minutes, just say hi to each other, let me get set up, and we'll come back together in a minute. All right. Let's come back together. You invite the McNeils and look what happens. All good stuff. All good stuff. So today we are uh, focusing. Um, by the way, my name is Casey. Um, we are focusing on God's heart for young people today. 
And how appropriate to get to start with a, a dedication and get to talk about Operation Christmas Child and get to see the thousand different ways that we love kids here, we love teenagers. So I, I've been, in my house, it's been, we've had a bit of a transition. So Jordan, my daughter, Jordan, will you come up? This is Jordan, my, my beautiful daughter. She's very shy. She's not shy at all. Uh, so my beautiful daughter, Jordan, has just made the transition from being up uh, with the children's ministry upstairs to being down in the adult service. We should have a better name than adult service. So I don't know how many of you always act like adults, but we'll, we'll move on from there. Um, so Jordan, Bill raised his hand. He outed himself right there. Um, so Jordan, a couple weeks ago, I think we were having lunch after church, and she started to have a conversation with me about ways to make this service better. So I was like, okay, I'm interested to see what she thinks, right? She's going to tell us the truth. She will. And first off, she is not happy that there are not donuts out there anymore. Right? Daryl, Daniel, just saying. Yeah. Oh, Phil, we're going to call you out. Second, she said, we need to have more fun as a church. And so I was like, what do you mean more fun? Like weird outfits for Pastor Daryl? That could be kind of fun, right? Uh, maybe like we all have things that we can shoot at him if we don't like what he's saying. Or if he rambles, like, you know, we could, not that that ever happens, of course. Uh, <laughs> uh, so in honor of Jordan and in honor of having fun, we're going to start today with a game. Okay. Now this game does involve Oreos. So, and she is going to need some volunteers. So raise your hand if you would like to volunteer to come up and be part of our game. Raise your hands. If not, we will just pick you at random. We have, come on, we will not hurt you. You will get to eat a cookie. So Jordan's going to go out and pick a couple people from the crowd. All right. Let's make it quick. Jacob might start preaching again. <laughs> All right, we got Pastor Daryl. She volunteered Pastor Daryl. All right, come on up. And Lazarus, come on up. Come on up. Uh, sit in the chair. Oh, oh, we got, never mind. Go away, Lazarus. We're good. <laughs> Denied. Okay, it's, yeah, they're all nervous about what you're going to do to them. So, but that's the fun part. Okay. You should probably take off your glasses, all three of you. Uh, Jordan has a type. She's picking. Um, okay, Jordan, explain how this game works to everybody. So you're going to have an Oreo, and you're going to put it on your forehead, and like this. And then you're going to try to like scoot it down without using your hand to your mouth. And it's probably going to fall. And whoever gets it first I'm gonna put wins. Both of them my no, just in case one falls, we don't want you to eat it off the ground. Okay. I see. We, one second rule. we only vacuum every couple weeks. So 
All right. Do we have any music? Booth, maybe get some game music here. That's your game music? Wow. All right. So are you going to start him? All right, go ahead. Okay, go. Go. Oh. Oh, you should sit in the front row. Always sit in the front row. (laughs) Oh, he's so close. So close. So close. Oh. 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 He's a cheater. (laughs) Almost got it again. Oh, oh, oh. Oh! All right. Where's the microphone? Okay. (laughs) All right. Yes, you can sit down now. You can keep the cookies. Any cookies you find, you can eat. We're not responsible for any... (laughs) We're not responsible for any cookie dust to the eye. That's why we picked people with glasses and then made them take them off. Uh, Here. Uh, That was fun. Thanks, Jordan. So there we go. A new part of our services, I think. Uh, (laughs) So today we are, like I said, we're focusing on God's heart for young people And we thought it'd be really great to have um, some of the leaders from our children's ministry and youth ministry come up and share with us what's happening, how we can get involved uh, with that. So I'm going to ask Ruth Weichel. She down there? She is. Come on up. Give her a huge round of applause. Come on up, Ruth. So this is a picture of Ruth. How old were you in this picture? Uh, about four. About four about years four old. old. She's winking. Hey. No, that's the caption on the back my mom put. This was my opinion of what a... Oops. Let's see if you're on there. There you go. This was my opinion of what a smile was. <laughs> hey. And I've discovered through the years, my daughter informed me at one point, you look ill when pictures are being taken, so I have to be really careful to have a good look on my face when we're doing things. When you gotta love kids, right? Hey, mom, you look ill. That's that's great. She wasn't little when she told me that. <laughs> this was last week. Well, Ruth, tell us a little bit about uh, the children's ministry here at Oasis. You have notes? Did you bring notes? I brought notes. Okay, let's get a timer up on the screen, <laughs> Jacob. Okay, Just kidding. Guys. Go ahead. Tell us a little bit about what's going on with uh, children's ministry. Okay, well, our point is to facilitate an ongoing experience of God's love that results in salvation and a life following Jesus. Now, I'm overseeing newborns through sixth grade, and that's kind of a big age range. In the nursery, we're just working on the children um, beginning to trust in the goodness and love of God through workers that are showing God's love to them. Preschool, we move on to learning Bible stories with an emphasis on God loves you and that God is involved in your life. 
at home and at church. And they Amen. have some worship videos. They do prayer. They do crafts to help teach and apply the Bible truth. And they play a lot. And they learn how to get along with each other a lot. So um, that's what we do out here too. Yeah. Right. Well, it's a it's a little more obvious that there's problems sometimes with the younger kids, but they do pretty well, and and, and they they mature, you know, and it's kind of fun to watch how they grow just from you know over six months how things change. Yeah. Okay. Then in the K through sixth grade, that's a big age range too, but we're doing more, more focus on community with God, peers, and teachers, and we do have a worship time where we do physical expression, whether it's dancing, fidgeting, or, you know, just moving around. And then we do have some quiet time before God. And then we try to make sure that there's a salvation presentation, very short usually, but just to give the kids an opportunity to accept Jesus if they would like to. Um, We have a monthly memory verse, and we spend, um, have a teaching time with a video that's very child-friendly. We have Funny Man Dan. I'm sure some of you have heard about him, and he's usually in the videos. Um, And we have a a main point and then a question time at the end. And then after that, we split into two groups. Um, The K through second grade has snack, discussion, craft, um, to apply the lesson in prayer. And they they play, too. I mean, it's after an hour and a half, they've got to do some playtime, too. Yeah. Then third through sixth grade, it gets a little more focused. They have a snack and discussion. They're learning some basic Bible skills. Um, they have a craft that they do. They don't always do the craft. Um, they do prayer journals, and they do a lot of discussing. And then they've got a kind of a point system where um, they're le- earning a prize with activities that they do. Yeah, that's awesome. If you haven't been upstairs and seen the themes that we have going on up there, the comic book Bibles that we do, or the, the not the Bibles, the, uh, what am I missing? The handouts we give, the comic books, yes, uh, that we do, the same themes upstairs. And so that's really cool if they, if they were to connect. So Ruth, tell us about your heart with kids. What do you love about working with kids? Um, the part that I like the best is seeing how their hearts change. And I'll just give you a couple of real quick stories. One, oh, several years ago, I had, you know, I'm always getting books and too many books. And it was like, okay, can't use these. And I thought, well, the teachers, they could use them with the kids. And the teachers looked at me and said, we don't need more books. Give them to the kids. And I thought, oh, give me a break. Okay, we'll do this. So I did. I put them out. The kids did like getting books. But the next week, one of the mothers came back almost in tears. She said, I'm going to cry telling you this. And I may cry telling you too. There was one of the little girls, a kindergartner, and she had taken some of the little uh, Bible story books. She couldn't read. And her daycare provider's husband was very ill. I guess he was even dying. I'm not sure, but he was very ill. And you know what she did? She walked in and said, here, I want to tell you about Jesus. Here's some books about Jesus. And so that was a kindergartner. And we didn't tell her to do that. We just told the kids they could take the books. Another class, I wasn't teaching this class, was told later. Uh, The kids had done um, trace on the butcher paper, you know, uh, the whole body tracing about uh, the living sacrifice to God. And one of the kids in the class, she was doing that, and all of a sudden goes, oh, I get it. I know what that means now. And so there's just things. And then there was another child that we were watching some things about a, a bar mitzvah, learning about the Jewish community and some of the things Jesus might have gone through. And at the end of it, he went, wow, we're not very responsible. They've got a 13-year-old that's about the age of us that 
knows more about the Bible and being responsible than we do. And that was just kind of a wake-up call to like, ooh, maybe we need to do something about this in our own personal lives. So yeah. those are the kinds of things I like, seeing things happen after we've been teaching and not quite sure it's been sinking in. Yeah, you get those moments, those glimpses. I, I know for me, like I came to Christ as a teenager, but I'd missed all that kids' church time. I'd missed the Bible stories. I'd missed, you know, those foundation of faith things. And even just getting to be in there and teach and just hang out with the kids, I actually got that foundation by being a teacher. So if you came to Christ later in life, that's, that's one way you can really pick that up. So tell us about ways we can get plugged in. Okay, let me tell you, anything you can do, we can use. <laughs> anything. Okay, and just starting the nursery, if you love babies and cuddling, we can use you. If you're uh, like crawling around on the floor with preschoolers, that's for you. I mean, just like building little train tracks and having pretend tea parties and teaching easy Bible verses, that's for you. K through sixth grade, now we've got all kinds of things. Um, some people think, you know, like we do worship with a DVD. So if you come down into the class and just simply worship with the kids, show them how, I mean, some of you here do really well at dancing. I'm lousy. I'm get very self-conscious, and it's like, no, don't watch me. But some of you get in there, and you just start moving, and all of a sudden, the kids are moving with you, copying you, okay? Uh, once or twice a month, we need more teachers or a person that just can come in and help. You don't prepare the lesson. You just come in and help the person that's teaching, um, help answer questions, help kids color pages, those kind of things. And you can do that whether you're a teen or whether you're a, a parent or an adult, or you know, whatever else. Okay, we need registration greeter people. Somebody that just is there when the kids come to pick up their name tags. And sometimes when we have new people, it's to let them know this is where you need to go upstairs to get your child in the right place. Okay, um, room maintenance. Any of you that can paint or wash toys or walls, we would love your help. Okay, um, and then prayer. This is a major thing that everybody can do that um, Peggy and I meet at noon on Wednesday here at church and we pray for the kids. And anybody's welcome to come. At 9.30 Sunday mornings, we pray for the kids too. And we do it upstairs because we've already got kids coming in. So we're kind of praying and keeping an eye on the kids at the same time. And then another thing that would be really kind of awesome if somebody would just come upstairs and pray for the teachers after church, because sometimes we're totally drained, yep. we need to be prayed for, and we don't get downstairs until everybody's gone. So that would be another thing that could be done. Um, let's see here. And if you've got a special skill, whether it's prayer, dance, signing, you know, sign language, woodworking, crafts, theme snacks, you know, like you cooking, photography, we can always use people doing that, whether they want to just teach a, a brief Sunday on it or just come up and take pictures or you know, help on our publicity, you know, anything like that. And then sometimes we have kids that are autistic or have some special needs, and if we had a person that could just kind of shadow that child and help them, that would really, really be helpful. And then we've got Operation Christmas Child coming up, and we're going to be having the kids write letters, and that's kind of interesting because a lot of the kids don't do well, but if we had multiple adults helping the children, that would help too. So anyway, Mark 117, come follow me and I will show are you how to wait, fish are, for people. Are you preaching now? Are yes, you preaching I'm preaching. <laughs> and you got a card or a paper. If you would like to help in children's church, fill out the back and put it in the offering and I'll get in contact with you. 
All right. And one other thing. Okay. In the back, on the, the rails out there in the uh, foyer, there's a uh, power pack prayers for public schools. Anybody can pray for our teachers, too. Okay. Awesome. Round of applause. Thanks, Steve. Goodness, everyone wants to preach today. I love it. <laughs> uh, I, I did uh, children's ministry for over 20 years, and especially when we just have one service like we do, it gets very isolating if you're up there every week. You forget other adults exist. You know, <laughs> you don't get those conversations with people. So, you know, many hands make light work. And, you know, so if you can plug into that, fill that out, put it in the offering. Uh, that would be awesome. So we just finished a series that we called um, Journey with Jesus. And then last week, Daniel spoke about generosity. And I thought he did a really good job talking about how with generosity, which is part of the journey, by the way, learning to be generous, uh, is not just about finances. It's not just about writing a check. That's part of it. But it's not about that. It's about um, your time. It's about opening your heart to people, it's about opening your families, it's picking a kid up to go to a baseball game, it's babysitting for some single mom. I mean, there's, generosity is much more than just writing a check, and it's all part of that journey that we talked about. And we know that God is into journeys, and one of the ways that I know is the fact that he chose to have us go through the journey of childhood and the journey of being a teenager. So let's think through that journey for a second. And it all starts with a cute little baby. How many of you want a cute little baby now? I don't. Uh, Had my cute little babies. Um, So you get this cute little baby, and they smell so good. They just come out smelling good, like a new car, right? Like, it's just, it's amazing. And you get to snuggle with them as much as you want. Like, they they can't get away from you. It's great. And everything they do is cute. If you've seen this new parent thing, no offense to blessings, you know, that we're doing. But they're obnoxious with their kids, right? Like, oh my gosh, today, little Susie blinked. (laughs) It was so cute. Like, yeah, everyone blinks. But when it's your kid, man, that blink is amazing. That blink is like God's love to you is that blink. And they're just so vulnerable, and they need you for everything. They need you for every single part of their life. Even their poop is cute at that age, right? When they get to teenagers, their poop is a lot less cute. I'm going to tell you that. (laughs) So then teething starts. Anyone remember teething? Anyone in teething right now? Anybody here? Everyone point your hands. (laughs) We're going to pray. And all of a sudden, this perfect little cute baby that smells so good and has cute poop, all of a sudden, this baby is in pain. And you can feel that pain. They can't get comfortable. They drool all the time. It just exudes out of their mouth. You're like, are you going to like change their outfit today? You're like, I've changed it three times already, right? Because they just, they're, they have all this drool that comes. And then they learn to crawl. And suddenly your home is a death trap, right? You didn't know it was a death trap before the baby started to crawl. But all of a sudden you're moving furniture 
to barricade things, right? Blocking anything that could make them, you know, be in pain. Uh, and you, then they start to walk. They get really fast at crawling. And you turn your head, and they're going for the stairs. Like, like they have a magnet in them to the stairs, right? Like, I am going to fall down those stairs whether you like it or not, right? It's this journey that you go through with kids. And then they start to talk. And it's so cute when they start to talk. And it's just so cute for about a day, right? And it's like, okay, you're still trying to talk. That's great. Uh, Until a magic moment happens when they say your name. I don't know, parents in the room, this was one of my highlights uh, with, 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 with our daughter. We only had one baby, so I only got this once, uh, that I got with Jordan where she said, Daddy. And when she said, Daddy, like, it broke me in a place I didn't even know I had right at that moment. Um, and it still does, even to this day. Like, I hope she never stops calling me Daddy. Will you promise? Sure, Okay. <laughs> <laughs> So the journey continues, and they go to school. That first day of school is so painful for the parents more than the kids usually, right? That first day of school, and all of a sudden, their world starts to expand. All of a sudden, different people are speaking things into your kid's life. All of a sudden, your kids start to understand maybe you're not as quite as smart as you have portrayed yourself uh, up to that point. All of a sudden, your teacher, their teacher is smarter than you because they are a teacher, right? Uh, and it's, it's painful. Then they hit puberty. Oh, puberty. My kids are so embarrassed that I'm saying puberty right now. So I'm going to say it like 20 more times. So all of a sudden they hit puberty and it's like their emotions just woke up all of a sudden, right? You don't understand me. You don't listen to me. There's chemical changes going on in their bodies. They smell. (laughs) They smell. They get out of the shower and you're like, oh, that's nice. And Tim is like, you smell again. Get back in the shower this puberty, and nothing, for the teenager, it's, it's hard. Like, nothing makes sense. Like, my parents don't make sense. My friends don't make sense. Where do I belong, right? Like, it's a really hard time. I can tell you, junior high school was a really hard time for me. Uh, then high school comes, and they drive, right? So we're back to the death trap issue, right? <laughs> we're in the first part. So all of a sudden, there's this freedom, right? There's this freedom. But unfortunately, this freedom comes with the R word, responsibility. Wait a minute. Now you're expecting me to be responsible? You're expecting me to know what I want to do with the rest of my life? How many teenagers are sick of that question? What do you want to be when you grow up? What do you want to do? Okay, we got a couple. Like, all of a sudden, like, I don't know what I want to do with my life. I don't even know how to get through lunch today. I don't know how to get through this semester or get through algebra. Like, I, I don't know any of that stuff. This is journey, and this journey doesn't end. Because right after the high school, then you get the journey of college and the journey of working, and then you start the journey eventually with kids. 
And God takes you through this unbelievably hard, confusing, lonely, and what can be a scary journey um, that you go through. But the great part is he didn't design you to go through this journey alone. Um, He designed us to go through this journey with you. And I thought it'd be fun to actually look at some of you and what you look like when you were going through this journey. So I had this idea like Friday night at like 11 o'clock. And I was like, I'm going to get people to send me baby pictures and teenage pictures. The more awkward, the better. Uh, Just so we could laugh, right? And so I have some pictures. I'm going to pop them up here. And I want to see if as a group, as a community, we can guess who these people are just by their picture. Uh, Now, if you're a family member, don't ruin it for the rest of us, right? Let us have some fun. If you sent me the picture, don't yell out your name. Like, (laughs) come on, let's think through this. All right, so here we go. Here's going to be our our first one. Tell me if you know who it is. Betty. 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 She was even sweet as a little girl. (laughs) Betty, stand up so if someone doesn't know you, they know who you are. <laughs> so cute. All right, here's the next one. <laughs> That's Jacob. Yes, Jacob, stand up. Jacob was there earlier. That's a great picture. All right, here's our next one. This one might be harder. <laughs> Anybody? Anybody? Yes, Dave Weichel. I think Dave's upstairs with the kids. Dave Weichel. Looks like he's in the FBI or something Uh, (laughs) in this picture. All right, here's the next one. This one I think will stump some people. Yell it out. Yell it out if you know who it is. Not Phil. Not Daryl. We got Daryl. Don't worry. We're coming to Daryl. Bob, stand up so people know this is Bob. And you can't tell it in the picture because I cropped it, but he told me this is an orange tree, right, that he's standing in front of in California. All right, you ready for another one? Here we go. Yeah, Rebecca. She's not here today. That's Rebecca Moore. All right, here's the next one. Sarah Weichel, no. No, no, not Laura. Anyone? Anyone? Uh, Kathy, stand up. Put them out of their misery so they know. That was Kathy. Is, what, what is that book? Because it, it's like a Bible setting, right? Like, yes. Oh, okay. How, how perfect, the Sunday school class uh, with this. Okay, uh, here's the next one. I had to do two for this person. Because they were so great. First of all, is that a yarmulke? Are you wearing a yarmulke? Do you carry a yarmulke? Okay, I thought you might carry a yarmulke. Add the shirt off picture. Come on, that's that physique as such a young boy that it was already uh, formed at that point. All right, we got a couple more. Lisa, stand up. This is my wife, Lisa. 
I can attest that the hair really was that high. It was pretty awesome. Now, I did this too late for Daryl to actually send me a picture. Uh, He tried. He didn't have enough time to send it to me. But this is the beauty of the internet, right? Like, we can all do research, and we can find. (laughs) Be careful, kids. Snapchat, I don't think that works. Uh, So I I scoured the internet, and I found a baby picture of Daryl that I thought was very appropriate. (laughs) I thought I destroyed that. (laughs) It's not as fun anymore because he doesn't have the mustache that he used to have, which would have made it really great. I'm just going to leave that up there for a while. (laughs) I'm gone, so you can can have fun. Um, You know, I think, when I think of young people today, I think of kids, I think of teenagers, and I think they actually have it a lot harder today than I did when I was a kid or a teenager. And I know that goes against where I'm supposed to be as I get old, like, you kids, back in my day, you know. I had to walk to school uphill both ways with a bear chasing me. And if I wanted to eat, I had to kill that bear, right? Um, I actually think kids have it a lot harder today. It's a lot more messed up world. It's a lot more lonely than it, than it was. Um, I actually found some statistics. And if you know if Casey's talking, you're going to hear statistics or numbers at some point. Um, but let me go over these statistics with you that I found. 81% of teenagers have been offered drugs in the last year. That shocked me. And I don't, I don't think any of the teenagers are shocked. They're like, only 81%? That's crazy. Um, the average teenager consumes nearly nine hours of media a day. Nine hours. A lot of that being social media, which in theory is designed so that we're more connected, but I think in the end makes us feel less connected makes us feel more isolated or more, I can't match up to that person. I can't be that person. This one's really sad. One in five girls are victims of sexual assault. One in five, 20%. One in 20 for boys with sexual assault. 20% suffer from mental health disorders. In Utah, we're the most underserved mental health uh, state as far as like counselors and, and having people to work. And I know this next slide, I, just, I know it's going to be sensitive with what we are as a church family right now and some recent events that have happened, but I don't know how we can talk about teenagers or kids and not talk about the effects of suicide. You know, in Utah, suicide has tripled since 2007. Youth suicide has tripled since 2007. Tripled. We're the fifth highest state in the country for suicides. Fifth highest state in the country for suicides. And it's the number one cause of death for kids ages uh, 11 to 17. The number one cause of death is, is suicide. It's a lonely world. Kids are going through stuff. And you know, not all of them have people that are going through it with them. You know, they're going through it by themselves. So what's the solution? 
to this? Like, what can we do? Well, it's the same solution it was for the baby boomers. It's the same solution it was for the Gen Xers. It's the same solution it was for the, I forgot what mine's called, Gen Y or whatever, or Gen E or whatever it is. It's the same solution that it was for all those groups, and it's Jesus. That's easy to say amen to. Here's the part that's harder to say amen to. What does Jesus do? Who does Jesus use? He uses us. Yeah. He uses you. He uses me. He uses his disciples for this. And these teenagers, these kids need you. And they need me. And they need your family. And they need our church. Because it is not God's plan that they would go through this junk alone. And I've shared in the past about my experience as a teenager with depression and then experienced a radical encounter with Jesus that changed my whole life. So this is very personal to me. And I had a church, thank you church, that embraced me. I had a family who said, you're one of us. Um, even though that I, I was obnoxious, I was a pain. Teenagers are obnoxious, I'm going to tell you. Sorry, teenagers, you're obnoxious. So are your parents. So are the rest of us, right? Um, but that youth group saved my life. That I mean, youth group saved my life. It gave me a place to belong. It gave me a place to be a part of something. And more than any of that, and I want to be careful, especially for the youth in the room, that don't stop with community. Like the community of a youth group is really awesome. Like friends, hanging out, playing games, all of that is really fun. And I have all these friends who are part of my community as youth because of the community. But they never, not, they never got to know Jesus. And if you don't get to know Jesus, that community isn't enough. The community with Jesus is, is where the power is. You know, a big part of the fruit in my life today comes from seeds that were planted when I was a teenager. came from someone who planted a seed, people who loved me, people who told me when I was being stupid, right? People who um, cared for me. All of this to say that God loves kids, and he loves teenagers, he loves millennials, we even said he loves old people. The best place, I think, in scripture to see this, and Jacob stole my thunder a little bit with this, that's okay, we have a long flight to the Dominican Republic together in about a month, payback at that point, just kidding. (laughs) Uh, And I think if you've been in church for a while, Jacob actually did a really good job presenting it, uh, you can miss a lot of truth in this, in this interaction with Jesus and his disciples. So I'm going to read it to you again. One day some parents brought their children to Jesus so he could touch and bless them. There's my parenting book. One sentence. Bring him to Jesus so he can touch and bless them. Um, but the disciples scolded the parents for bothering him. When Jesus saw what was happening, he was angry with his disciples He said to them, let the children come to me. Don't stop them, for the kingdom of God belongs to those who are like these children. I tell you the truth, anyone who does not receive the kingdom of God like a child will never enter it. Then he took the children in his arms and he placed his hands on their heads and he blessed them. And verse 14 is the part that we can miss, that Jesus was angry 
Jacob's fancy words were he had a visceral reaction, right? I looked this up in a bunch of different translations. One said he was indignant. One said he was irate about this. Another one said, this is King James, which, you know, every once in a while it's nice. Uh, King James said that he was much displeased. I thought, oh, one thing I don't want to do with Jesus is make him much displeased. He wasn't mildly annoyed, right? He didn't jot himself a note that, I better talk to the disciples about this. This is an issue. I better take him to coffee. It was such a big deal. He called them out in front of everybody over this. He's saying, how, after this much time with you, how can you not get this by now? How do you not understand that the kingdom of God is for them? Why do they get it better than you get it? at this point. To put it another way, he was pissed, right? My wife told me I should stop saying pissed when I speak, but I I don't know a better word for this. (laughs) Jesus takes it even to the next level and says, look, not only do they understand this better than you, that this kingdom is for them, they're actually going to be the ones to you how to do it. Gospel of Matthew, he takes this even further and says, anyone who welcomes a little child like this on my behalf is welcoming me. This, this one. But if you cause one of these little ones who trusts in me to fall into sin, it would be better for you to have a large millstone tied around your neck and for you to be drowned in the depths of the sea. Yowza. Teenagers, God's got your back. rest of us. Don't don't screw with my children or there's going to be an issue, right? He actually goes on in verse 10 and says, beware that you don't look down on any of these little ones. For I tell you that that in heaven, their angels are always in the presence of my heavenly father. Teenagers, you got a fast pass. Your guardian angels are with God in heaven. Right? He wants to talk to you. He wants to use you. He wants to know you. And he wants that to happen now. He doesn't want to wait till you're done with high school. He doesn't want to wait for one more high. He doesn't want to wait until a relationship breaks up and you're in crisis. He doesn't want to wait. He wants you to experience him now. And here's, here's my dad talk for a minute. He's friending you, right? He's tagging, DMing you. Did I, are any of those right? Did I get any right? Almost? <laughs> I'm so old. He, he loves you. And in fact, the Bible is full of these verses. It's why Jacob's like, let me tell you some verses. It's why Ruth's like, let me tell you some verses, right? Because this is a theme throughout the whole Bible. My favorite passage on this is in Psalms 127. It says, Do you see, don't you see that children are God's best gift? Teenagers, turn to your parents. I'm your best gift. Tell them. They need to hear this. 
I'm, children are God's best gift. The fruit of the womb, his generous legacy. I love this part. Like a warrior's fistful of arrows are the children of a vigorous youth. Oh, how blessed are you, parents. Turn to your parents, say you're welcome. <laughs> oh, how blessed are you, parents, with your quivers full of children. I just love that. Such good imagery. So, so what's our part? What do we do with this? I love in Deuteronomy, um, I think it breaks this down really well. In Deuteronomy 11, it says, So commit yourself wholeheartedly to the words of mine. Tie them to your hands. Wear them on your forehead as reminders. Teach them to your children. Teach them to your children. Talk about them when you're at home, when you're on the road, when you're going to bed, and when you're getting up. Write them on the doorposts of your house and on your gates, so that as long as the sky remains above the earth, you and your children may flourish in the land the Lord swore to give your ancestors. I love this part. When you sit at home, when you walk down the road, when you lie down, when you get up, he's saying constantly, right? Constantly be pointing the children to Jesus. Constantly be there for them. Constantly serving them and loving them. Tell them when you're at Starbucks. That's the best place, I think. He's telling us to be plugged in, to be present, to be connected uh, with them. Tell them what God has done continuously and point them to Jesus. This is part of generosity and part of its generosity towards your kids. Like if you're parents, I think this is like, you got to know this stuff, right? Like if you're not parents, you got to know this stuff. You're not off the hook. As a community, we're all responsible for this. We're all responsible for this. I'd love to invite uh, Jenny Wood to come up. Jenny, come on up. Give her a round of applause. Jenny is the leaders of our youth program. She brought notes too. See? Come on over. We're a prepared church. I like it. Um, Jenny, will you share just what's happening in youth, like an overview, like give us some ideas of what's happening, what you guys do. Bill told me you guys ran long and I was off the hook. Nope. Okay. Bill is wrong. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I didn't point out Jenny's awesome pictures back behind us. I didn't had see this. ugly duckling syndrome. <laughs> I think these pictures are awesome, especially the one with the giant smile. Uh, just reminded me of you. You mean the giant glasses? No, I saw the smile. So. <laughs> and that one's not me. Oh, that's not you? That's my sister. <laughs> well, let me introduce you to Jenny's sister. What's her name? Leah. Leah. <laughs> just kidding. <laughs> okay. Um, I will read because I ramble if I don't. Youth is the next step after kids' church in the spiritual growth of your child. Our goal is to show them how to think deeper. We want, you, we want to help them apply God's truths to their everyday, showing them how, to, how God is using every circumstance and bringing them into a deeper relationship with him. For example, 
we just finished a series about putting on an attitude of going into battle, wearing the armor of God, in, as in Ephesians, teaching them how to fight an enemy who would like nothing more than to destroy them and the weapons that he will use against them. Weapons like the shows they watch, which tell them that no one can help them in their need, or the lie they learn in school, which tells them that their presence on this planet is no more important than the presence of a chair. Even their friends can be used to tear them down, and we want them to be prepared to fight back using tactics that work, using the Bible. Last spring, Phil did an in-depth series on addictions, what God has to say about each of them and how to avoid addictions. Not this summer, but the summer before, Bill took them through an eight-week series showing them how science backs up the Bible, using science to debunk evolution and other lies that uh, the scientific community holds to be true. You have another question? For no, me? you keep going. You're rolling. <laughs> Your next question was. <laughs> I sent her, I sent her the, sorry, let, let me play along. I sent her the questions Thank in advance. You. The next question is what do you love about youth or what do you like about working with youth? This is what I love about youth Jordan, Zach, Ethan, Kendra, Kenna, Katie, Eleazar. Tatiana, Zahara, Peximantha, Rechina, Vuti, Martha, Sarah. <laughs> you know it. Mariah, Gabriel, Jackson, Raymond, Eli, John, Chentai, Randy, Josie, Hoodie, Hoot, Jess, David. Bill and Bill. You are my favorite things about youth. That's awesome. <laughs> I love you too. <laughs> uh, that was pretty amazing. <laughs> uh, how can people get plugged in if, if that's, they're feeling the tug on their heart to work with teenagers and, and you know, be kind of that person in their life like you're talking about? Um. If you have any questions or if God has been speaking to you about joining us, you should come find me or David after church. He's not here today. Um, if we aren't here, you can talk to Lisa Evans. She knows how to reach us. And if that still doesn't work, we are in our beautiful new church directory. All right. Round of applause. That was great. Thank you. That was awesome. I'd say uh, just, just a, a recommendation. If you could ever be part of a youth trip, like a youth uh, going to a conference or going on a missions trip, there's nothing like that with a group of youth. Like it's, there's, there's no way to not come back like exhausted <laughs> and encouraged and excited. Uh, it's just really cool to get to spend some time with them and see what's going on in their world. Um, we have the worship team um, come forward. We'll close. Uh, I'd like our ushers, if you would um, pass the offering bags. If you have the, either the form that Ruth talked about or you have the blue card, uh, please put that in now. 
If you're a guest here today, this is not for you, other than putting that card in. No, this is for those that call Oasis home that are, that are part of this community. Um, and it's our honor just to have you here today uh, and get to spend some time with you. You know, I think through this journey and I think through like times in my lives that were hard, times that were fun, times that were, you know, whatever, you know, all the emotions you go through. And I think, you know, God designed this journey. And then I think that he had the opportunity to skip it, right? I think he could have came in power. He could have came and said, I'm not going through puberty. I'm sorry. It's not happening, right? He could have came and skipped all of that, just came as a grown man and did his ministry and been done. But he chose not. He chose to go through that journey because that journey is the destination. That's, that's the deal, is that journey. And I think for some of us in the room, um, you may be holding on to stuff that happened when you were a kid or a teenager. And today God wants to set you free of that. He doesn't want you to carry that garbage anymore. Because he already paid the price for it. It's like you're arguing over a bill that's already been settled. He already did it. So I want to ask our prayer team to come up. Um, And if during these last couple songs, that's you, and you want someone to pray with you for that, we'd love to pray with you for that. Um, Yeah. Let's pray. God, thank you for who you are. Thank you that you love kids, God. You love young people. You're the price you paid, God, for all of us is overwhelming to me. And I pray for the, the folks in this room, Lord, those that may be carrying stuff, those that you may be planting a burden in their heart for working with kids or working with teenagers, God, that, that you would just during this ministry time start to show that picture to them even clearer. Start to show them the next step that they need to take and start to help them make those connections, God. Thank you for being with us through this whole journey. Thank you for not making us go on on and on by ourselves, God. Thank you for being part of it. We love you so much. Amen. God, again, we just pray that you would Just continue this work in our hearts, God, as we go today. uh, Make known different people that we're supposed to reach out to. Give us opportunities to show your love, God, and show your kindness. In the name of Jesus, amen. Thank you so much. I know we're over time. We had a lot today. I want to thank you uh, and have a great week. Our prayer team will be up here if you want some more prayer, but have a great day.